appendix part two of struggles and triumphs or forty years recollections of p t barnum written by himself this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c struggles and triumphs of p t barnum appendix part two while i was in san francisco a german named gabriel kahn brought me his little son literally a little one for he is a dwarf more diminutive in stature than general tom thun was when i first found him the parents of this lilliputian were anxious that i should engage and exhibit him several showmen had made them very liberal offers but they had set their hearts on having barnum bring him out and present him to the public of course i felt the compliment but was inclined to say no as i had given up the exhibition business and was a man of leisure but the marvellous mannequin was such a handsome well-formed intelligent little fellow speaking fluently both english and german and withal was so pert and so captivating that i was induced to engage him for a term of years and give him the sobriquet of admiral dot indeed he was but a dot or as the new york evening post put it the small boy of the period at any rate in the matter of growth at a very early age he came to a full stop though further in the matter of punctuation he compels an exclamation on the part of all who see him and occasions numerous interrogations i dressed the little fellow in the complete uniform of an admiral and invited the editors of the san francisco journals and also a number of ladies and gentlemen to the parlors of the cosmopolitan hotel to visit him all were astonished and delighted the newspapers stated as news the facts and gave interesting details with regard to barnum's discovery of this wonderful curiosity who had been living so long undiscovered under their very noses it was the old story of charles statton tom thumb of bridgeport over again with the new lilliputian and a new locality meanwhile i told the parents of the admiral that personally i should not exhibit their son till i returned to new york but advised them to give the san franciscans the opportunity to see him during the remaining few weeks of my stay in the golden state my friend woodward of woodward's gardens engaged the admiral for three weeks duly advertising the curious discovery by barnum of this valuable nugget further stating that as he would depart for the east in three weeks the only opportunity for the san francisco public to see him was then offered at the gardens immediately there was an immense furore thousands of ladies and children as well as men daily thronged the gardens saw the little wonder and purchased his cart to visit during the short period he remained there little dot as dots are apt to do made his mark 
pocketed more than a thousand dollars for himself besides drawing more than twice that sum for mr woodward moreover the extended and enthusiastic notices of the entire san francisco press gave the admiral a prestige and start which would favorably introduce him wherever he might show himself throughout the united states this originated the public exhibition of one of the handsomest most accomplished and most diminutive dwarfs of whom there is any history and the fame of the little admiral already is rapidly spreading all over the world speaking of dwarfs it may be mentioned here that notwithstanding my announced retirement from public life i still retained business connections with my old friend the well-known general tom thumb in eighteen sixty nine i joined that celebrated dwarf in a fresh enterprise which proposed an exhibition tour of him and a party of twelve with a complete outfit including a pair of ponies and a carriage entirely around the world the party was made up of general tom thumb and his wife formerly lavina warren commodore nutt and his brother rodina miss minnie warren mr sylvester bleeker and his wife and mr b s kellogg besides an advertising agent and musicians mr bleeker was the manager and mr kellogg acted as treasurer in the fall of eighteen sixty nine this little company went by the union pacific railway to san francisco stopping on the way to give exhibitions at omaha denver salt lake city and other places on the route with great success in san francisco's pratt's hall which the company occupied was crowded day and evening for several weeks every one went to see them the exhibition was profusely hand-billed and posted in chinese as well as in english and crowds of celestials went to see the smallest specimens of melicans known in that region for admiral dot living in san francisco had not then been discovered by barnum after a prolonged and most profitable series of exhibitions in san francisco the company visited several leading towns in california and then started for australia on the way they stopped at the sandwich islands and exhibited in honolulu from there they went to japan exhibiting in yeddo yokohama and other principal places and afterwards at canton and elsewhere in china they next made the entire tour of australia drawing immense houses at sydney melbourne and in other towns but they did not go to new zealand they then proceeded to the east indies giving exhibitions in the larger towns and cities receiving marked attentions from rajahs and other distinguished personages afterwards they went by the way of the suez canal to egypt and gave their entertainments at cairo and thence to italy exhibiting at all available points and arrived in great britain in the summer of eighteen seventy one notwithstanding the enormous expenses attending the transportation of this company around the world it was one of the few instances of profitably swinging 
round the circle. The enterprise was a pecuniary success, and of course the opportunity for sightseeing enjoyed by the little general and his party was fully appreciated. They traveled to see as well as to be seen. Fortunately, they all preserved the best of health and met with no accident during the extended tour. My name did not publicly appear in connection with this enterprise. The exhibition was conducted under the auspices of Thumb, but I had a large finger in the pie. Mr. Sylvester Beaker, the manager, wrote me from Dublin, December 6, 1871, a letter from which I extract the following. If any person will perform the feat of traveling with such a company, 48,946 miles, 29,900 miles by sea, give 1,284 entertainments in 407 different cities and towns in all climates of the world without losing a single day or missing a single performance through illness or accident, let them show his vouchers and I will give him the belt. While I am about it, I may as well confess my connection, sub rosa, with another little speculation during my last three years' leisure. I hired the well-known Siamese twins, the giantess Anna Swan, and a Circassian lady, and in connection with Judge Ingalls, I sent them to Great Britain, where, in all the principal places, and for about a year, their levees were continually crowded. In all probability, the great success attending this enterprise was much enhanced, if not actually caused by extensive announcements in advance, that the main purpose of Chang Eng's visit to Europe was to consult the most eminent medical and surgical talent with regard to the safety of separating the twins. Eminent surgeons in London and Edinburgh examined these psychological phenomena and generally coincided in the declaration that their lives would be jeopardized and probably be forfeited if surgery should separate them. Of course, the reports of these examinations were duly and officially made in all the leading medical and surgical journals, as well as the reports of lectures delivered by surgeons who had given their personal attention to the case of the twins, and these accounts in English and American journals were also translated and were widely circulated through Europe. As this establishment did not advertise in the New York Herald, I was not a little amused to see several columns of editorial matter in that sheet published a few weeks before the Siamese twins sailed for Europe, giving elaborate scientific reasons why no attempt to separate them should be made. I quite coincided with my quondam friend Bennett in his conclusions, as a proof of which I may state that I purchased and mailed marked copies of his editorial to all the leading newspapers and magazines abroad, in most of which the matter was republished, thereby affording the best of advertising and greatly increasing the receipts of the twin treasury for many months. But to return to my California trip, 
we visited the geysers and when we witnessed the bold mountain scenery through which we passed to get there and then saw and heard the puffing steaming burning bubbling acres of hot springs emitting liquids of a dozen different minerals and of as many different colors we said this would pay for coming all the way from new york if we saw nothing else and it would in returning from the geysers to calistoga we fell into the hands of the celebrated stage driver foss he had been laying for me several days and had said he would give barnum a specimen of stage driving that would astonish him he did it foss is by far the greatest stage driver of modern times the way he handles the reins seems marvellous and although he dashes his six-horse team under full gallop down the most precipitous mountain roads making one's hair continually to stand on end his horses are docile as lambs and they know every tone of foss's voice and obey accordingly i suppose that this new hampshire jehu is after all as safe a driver as ever held the ribbons calistoga lies chiefly on made ground dig down five feet and you find water wherein an egg will boil hard in five minutes a japanese tea plantation is started here with prospects of success we devoted a fortnight to visiting the great yosemite valley we went by way of mariposa where we saw the mariposa grove of big trees whence i sent to new york a piece of bark thirty-one inches thick that bark was taken from a tree a hundred and two feet in circumference over three hundred feet high and according to its annual layers eight hundred and thirty-seven years old the yosemite has been so often and so well described that i shall not attempt a new description suffice to say it is one of those great and real things in nature that goes in reality far beyond any previous conception from the moment i got a bird's-eye view of this wonderful valley from inspiration point until a week afterwards when we mounted our horses to emerge from it i could not help oft repeating wonderful wonderful sublime indescribable incomprehensible i never before saw anything so truly an appalling grand it pays me a hundred times over for visiting california on returning to stockton i lectured for a methodist church pursuant to agreement made to that effect when i left for the yosemite twelve days before on our return we stopped at chenine and took the branch railroad to denver colorado afterwards going fifty miles by stage to the mines at georgetown golden city central city and other notable places returning from denver we stopped at a truly wonderful town of greeley where when we left home in april not ten persons resided but where was now settled the union colony this company then numbered six hundred greeley is now a city two years old 
containing thousands of inhabitants and increasing at a rate totally unexampled there is no community of interest here except in such public works as the irrigating canals and the school houses each inhabitant owns whatever lands and buildings he or she pays for and real estate and other property rises in value according to the increase in the number of inhabitants here are millions of acres of rich valley land which need only irrigation that the cash de podre river is giving through the canals of the union colony this model town of greeley will ever have peace and prosperity within its borders for no title can inhere to any land or building where intoxicating drinks are permitted to be sold it is a city of refuge from the curse of strong drink and to it for generations to come will whole families congregate as their paradise guarded by flaming swords of sobriety and order where they can live rationally happy and prosperously from greeley we returned to new york and my family removed to our summer quarters in bridgeport the last of june here we were visited by numerous noble friends the late alice carey spent several weeks with us at waldmere and although her health was feeble she enjoyed the cool breezes as well as the fine drives clan bakes etc for which bridgeport is specially renowned indeed my own house was the last which this good and gifted lady ever entered except her own in new york to which i accompanied her from bridgeport her sister phoebe who so quickly followed alice to the other world was also my guest at waldmere but the restless spirit of an energetic man of leisure prompted me again to travel i went with friends to montreal quebec the saginaw river and the regions round about returning by the way of saratoga springs my english friends again had occasion to open their eyes at the large union hotel and congress hall where fifteen hundred persons dine at one time and two thousand lodge under a single roof without crowding well this is a big country and you americans do everything on a big scale that's a fact was the expression for the thousandth time of my anglo-saxon companions in september i made up a party of ten including my english friend and we started for kansas on a grand buffalo hunt general custer commandant at fort hayes was apprised in advance of our anticipated visit and he received us like princes he fitted out a company of fifty cavalry furnishing us with horses arms and ammunition we were taken to an immense herd of buffaloes quietly browsing on the open plain we charged on them and during an exciting chase of a couple of hours we slew twenty immense bull buffaloes we might have killed as many more as we not considered it wanton butchery my friend george a wells of bridgeport who is a great hunter was one of the party 
and although he had slain two buffaloes he had lost himself on the prairie not only to his own dismay but to the great terror for four mortal hours of all his companions he was by no means satisfied he wanted to camp out and hunt buffaloes for several days longer another bridgeport huntsman mr james wilson was of the same mind but when the question was put to vote my english friend john fish who had made himself sore by hard riding mr charles b hotchkiss a bridgeport bank president who was quite content with killing one buffalo my right bower david w sherwood who with a single shot dropped an immense bull as he indeed now and then had done with no other weapon than his tongue david m reed a bridgeport merchant another bridgeporter theodore w downs each credited with one or two carcasses on the field and i who had brought down two and half killed another buffalo all voted that we had done enough and were in favor of returning home whereupon wells indignantly exclaimed i was invited out here for a hunt but you have made it a race but every man had killed his buffalo some had killed two and we were satisfied we had plenty of buffalo and antelope meat and on the whole our ten days sport afforded another sensation a feeling so necessary to one in my state but sensations cannot be made in order every day i am therefore taught by an experience of three years retirement from business that it is better to be moderately engaged in some legitimate occupation so long as health and energy permit if a man is regularly in harness though he may do but a small portion of the drawing he will at least so far occupy his mind as not to need spasmodic excitements hence although my worldly possessions trivial indeed in comparison with the wealth of some of america's millionaires were yet as ample as i cared to acquire nevertheless from the very necessity of my active nature in the autumn of eighteen seventy i began to prepare a great show enterprise requiring five hundred men and horses to transport and conduct it through the country selecting as manager of this gigantic enterprise mr william c coop whom i had favorably known for some years as a capital showman and a man of good judgment integrity and excellent executive ability we spent several weeks in blocking out and perfecting our course of action as one project after another involving the outlay of thousands upon thousands of dollars was laid before manager coop he began to open his eyes pretty widely and before we had been three weeks in consultation he exclaimed why mr barnum such a show as you are projecting after a while would ruin the richest man in america for the expenses would be double the receipts every day i begged mr coop not to be alarmed reminding him that i was not wholly inexperienced in the show business and that in any event i was to foot the bills 
it is true that the enormous expense of this vast scheme involved a greater risk than any showman had ever before dared to assume my main object in setting on foot this great travelling exhibition was to open a safety valve for my pent-up energies and i felt far more anxious to put before the public a grand and triumphant show than i did to add a penny to my competence end of appendix part two recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c